What did you guys eat for breakfast? I had cereal this morning. I had uh, banana and yogurt. I had yogurt. I was just I don't really, Yeah, I didn't really eat breakfast. I mostly just had coffee. Welcome to episode 65 of the Music on Your Own Terms podcast. Sponsored by the Skinny Armadillo Print Company in Fort Worth, Texas. Offering screen printing, embroidery, and a host of other promotional products. Go to theskinnyarmadillo.com to learn more. If you're interested in supporting this podcast, and I would be extremely grateful if you would, I have added a page on musiconyourownterms.com to allow you to do just that. I'm especially excited because Celestian Speakers have launched their own affiliate program where they supply me with a unique link, and if you buy something from their site, I get a percentage of the sale, and it costs you nothing. Specifically, I'm stoked about this because I've been using Celestian Speakers for decades, and now they have made a huge library of IRs or impulse response files, of their speakers. If you don't know what an IR is, it's a direct recording of an amp, speaker, and mic combo that allows you to record your guitar or bass direct and have a ton of speakers, cabs, and mics, including their positioning, at your fingertips without needing to have all those speakers in your recording space. All you have to do is use an IR plugin and load them in. So head over to musiconyourownterms.com and go to the Support the Podcast page Click the link and check out their library and try them in your DAW today. Today, I'm turning my attention towards discussing mental health. After several close friends have reached out and shared their struggles in dealing with their individual situations, it is blatantly clear to me that the pandemic, the Black Lives Matter movement, and whatever else gets thrown our way this year, is going to leave mental scars on us all. It is imperative that social change happens. We right the wrongs of the past, and things continue to change for the better, but it's going to be a long road. Today is the Texas primary runoffs, and I have already voted early. Please register and go vote in your local elections and make educated choices as to who you want to represent you. Elections will not be the be-all, end-all of things that need to change, but it will be one cog in the much larger machine. Ask those that you are voting for about their plans and thoughts of how to address mental health. In other countries that had much stricter lockdowns, they have already seen a dramatic rise in the cases of domestic violence as one example. It isn't hard to speculate that many other cases of mental health problems will arise out of the situations we are seeing today. It's also not a stretch to say that many of the deaths that have occurred because of poor training or blatant violence against innocent people could have been avoided if we had better mental health-related services. Extensions of healthcare services where responders cared about people's well-being first and whether or not they were a suspect in a crime last. I'll go back to what I said in a previous episode. We need a culture of protect and serve. Build up our communities so everyone can lead fulfilled lives and help each other. So check on your friends and loved ones. People are struggling amid all that is going on. Be a good listener for others, and if you are struggling yourself, please reach out to your family, friends, or dedicated helplines that are there if you need them. It is okay to not be okay. Thank you for listening. In this impromptu discussion, I talk with the Mason Adams Project, a Dallas-based band that fuses a plethora of influences and genres to create a southern tinge rock band with a mandolin, or a hillbilly hippie funk band. I guess you'll have to listen and make up your own mind. The guys talk about how they got into music, 
the interesting twists of fate that led them to get together as a band, and how they write the eclectic music that defines them. We also learn that Mason has only played guitar for five years, yet has managed to build this project to where it is today, how dedicated of a festival follower he is, and also how he infuses music into education as a special education teacher. Sit back, relax, and join me as we head into the Mason Adams Project Jam Room. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. Today, I'm joined by the Mason Adams Project. How are you guys doing? We're doing good. Thanks for having us. You're very welcome. So uh, could you introduce the band and who we got in the room, and uh, where, where are you speaking to me from? Uh, yeah, we're the Mason Adams Project. I'm Mason Adams. Gil Altman. Jordan Raymer. Kevin Kratian. And the only person we're missing is our drummer, Peter Raymer. Peter Lyman. Peter I Lyman. Mean, we're not sorry. married. Peter. <laughs> we haven't gotten have married to, yet. You have to edit that. Peter Lyman. We're only missing our drummer, Peter Lyman. Because he's late, right? <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> drummers are always late. Absolutely. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so uh, good to meet you guys. And uh, let's uh, talk about, you know, could you describe your band for those listening? Yeah. Um. So we're just now kind of finding our sound, um, something that we've been working hard on for like the last two years. And uh, we finally got to a point, I would say, in the last, I don't know, four, five, six months where we're kind of locking it in. Um, we call it Americana Folk Rock. Awesome. Um, so we kind of describe it as maybe um, a little Tom Petty meets Bob Dylan with um, some Leonard Skinner, um, some Texas Red Dirt, and a little bluegrass on the side. Nice. And where, where are you guys based? We're based out of Dallas, Texas. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, I did see uh, you grew up in the same town as um, Caleb Coonrod from uh, Romaine. Is that right? Yeah. Are you, are you uh, long longtime friends with him? So Caleb had a brother that was a year above me in school, and Caleb was a year below me. Okay. Um, and then uh, Caleb's mom was one of my science teachers in high school. Interesting. So, yeah, we uh, we grew up around each other pretty much our whole lives, you know. Um, so, yeah, it was kind of a cool connection to uh, find out that there's a Bonham boy out there in Denton playing music, too. <laughs> awesome. Um. Yeah, so I also noticed I did a bit of digging, and I noticed that you, you you still currently work at the Bum Factory and also Deep Ellum Art Company. Is that correct? Right. Yeah. I mean, these are um, yeah. I'm a school teacher full time. Oh, okay. Um, everybody in everybody in the band works a full time job. Gil's an attorney. Kevin's a botanist. Jordan sells insurance. Um, and so we're busy with full time jobs. But yeah, I mean. You know, there was a time when I had more time to go oh, just work in security just to see shows, really, you know, right, and then right. everybody that you work with is, you know, there because they love music, too. And so, man, yeah, the Bomb Factory and Deep Ellum Art Company are both super cool places to go and make sure everybody is feeling safe. Nice. <laughs> so what do you teach? Um, I'm a special ed teacher. Nice. So just to piggyback off that real quick, do you use music in your education or is there a, I don't know if there's a special like uh, regimented program you have to follow, but do, do you uh, do you use music a lot? Yeah, no, absolutely. I do use music um, in the classroom. Um, matter of fact, uh, my students um, wrote their own songs um, during the first semester of last year that counted as their English semester one 
project. Sweet. Um, and so it was pretty fun. They uh, were working on being able to write paragraphs and being able to write in complete sentences. So they wrote songs for me, and uh, I wrote the music for them, and we were able to record the songs. That's so, fantastic. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, we use music in the classroom. For that's sure. that's cool. So uh, yeah, let's dig into the band. I mean, what? How did the band get started, and you know, how did everyone kind of collectively join? Um, I think I'm going to let Jordan kind of tell this story. Our bass player. Okay. So, in like 2015, um, I was living in Austin and driving for Lyft, and I had some friends down there who have since then started a band called Lunar Eclectic. Um, Mm -hmm. but they were at, um, uh, euphoria music festival down there. And so I was, uh, uh, right there. (laughs) Um, and, uh, they were at the festival and I was driving Lyft. And so I was dropping some people off. And so I texted them. I was on my way there to see if they needed a ride home to get some more supplies or whatever. Mason gets in the car with me and he'd met them at the festival. And so we go back to, um, our friend Dominic's house and, you know, grill out and drink some beers and hang out there for a couple hours. And Mason, or, you know, Dominic had, you know, instruments. And so Mason grabbed a guitar and I grabbed a bass guitar and we played on a couch for probably an hour and a half. And Mm -hmm. that was the first time we'd ever met each other. And we didn't see each other again for probably two and a half years. Wow. Um, and, uh, you know, um, I moved back to Dallas and, um, you know, was trying to reconnect with people. And I hit Mason up and said, you know, Hey, if you want to play some music, let me know. He's like, actually, I'm starting a band. Uh, do you want to be in my band with me? I'm like, yeah, that, that sounds like fun. Sure. And so we'll go over to his house, play a couple of his songs just to click right away. And, um, you know, um, Kevin and Mason went to school together. They've known each other since they were kids. They used to skip school just to go play, just to go fishing. That's that's why they would skip school. You know, some people do drugs; they go fishing. Um, and drug um, is the drug. Fishing is the drug. Apparently, um, I didn't know that. I'm, you know, learning. And um, so, Peter, who's not here, the drummer. Um, uh, me and him worked at a saltgrass steakhouse in San Marcos, Texas, while he was getting his undergraduate school, and while um, I was just having fun living in San Marcos, Texas. And um, so he um, was doing his undergraduate studies with Gill. That's how they knew each other. They went to you know Southwest Te- Texas, Texas State, Texas. excuse me, Texas State, um, since it's now been changed to. Um, and it uh, changed in the nineties. What? <laughs> I'm from changed the nineties, dude. Yeah, I'm from the nineties. Um, uh, so we uh, that's how we all got together. It's just really a natural thing, and we all have been playing music for about fifteen or twenty years. Mason's been writing music for about fifteen or twenty years, but playing guitar for about five years now. And so, um, you know, Mason's definitely the band leader, but like as far as the music goes, like we all conspire together really, really, really naturally and well. And um, I mean, it's it was an accident, more or less, mm. just the most perfect accident the way we all kind of came together. That's really cool. Yeah. Good job, Jordan. Yeah, that's a, that's a really, really awesome story. Um, so, I, I mean, uh, to get everyone in the band, you know, in on the conversation, I figured yeah. we could do like a little round robin and just say, you know, um, each person kind of describe how you got into music in the first place, how you got into the um, the instrument you play, and maybe some uh, background on the influences you have that maybe um, – you know, Perfect. the the influences the band's writing now. 
Um, I always wanted to play guitar, um, and it took me a long time to get to the point to finally say I'm going to learn how to play the guitar. Um, and music's always been um, kind of in the forefront of my life, just from my parents being really into music. Um, you know, um, Stevie Ray Vaughan, mm. Eric Clapton, Jimi Hendrix, um, uh, the Beatles too. Um, you know, uh, Janis Joplin and the Grateful Dead and Bob Dylan and those kind of influences as a child. Um, and then really growing up older and kind of just liking everything, country and uh, rap and, you know, rapped for a little while. Um, finally tried to play, started trying to play guitar seriously um, mm. when I was uh, 28 years old. Um, okay. I guess. So yeah, I've only been playing guitar for five years now. Um, awesome. but it's pretty cool within the first two years of playing guitar, I basically had written enough material to kind of start putting together a set list with other musicians. Um, Fantastic. so it's been, it's been quite a snowball effect. It's kind of, it's kind of taken off like a rocket in sure. a sense. Um, but that's we're having great. a great time doing it. Yeah. So that's kind of my background a little bit. Keva. So I've been playing guitar for, a little over 15 years um, and you know of course uh, whenever I started I was more into Scorpions, uh, uh, Metallica, mm -hmm. things like that, a little bit more uh, metal and stuff and rock, and classic rock. Excellent. Like Tom Petty was a, was a big influence actually, kind of not really metal if you will. Right. Um, but then you know later on down the line I kind of uh, got uh, interested more into more of the uh, late 90s stuff, so like brand, uh, brand new, like 182, uh, Take It Back Sunday, things like that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I was in a couple bands who kind of covered some of that stuff and uh, played some stuff similar to like Senseless Fail, things like that. Um, and, and of course, now I play mandolin. Um, funny enough, I think it was in t about 2013 when I was going to school at uh, Collin College. Um, I was taking some music classes, and I really wanted to venture off into a different instrument, and I really wanted to play violin, but I noticed okay. that it was really damn hard to play violin. <laughs> that just that, that technique with the arm and stuff is just uh, the intonation crazy too for me. But I at least knew how to pick a little bit, and so that's where the mandolin came into play. And that's whenever I was like, well, I'll just you know buy this cheap little mandolin and I'll see what happens. And I fell in love with it after that. Um, I heard awesome. some songs from like Trampled by Turtles and um, and some, later on some like Mandolin Orange, uh, some artists like that, and I just really really delved further into it. And of course, mm -hmm. I heard Chris Thiele playing his mandolin, and then just opened me up to everything after that, classical and everything. And I just could not. Of course, I don't think anybody will reach Chris Thiele's. Uh, mandolin expertise ability but you know it's still nice to, to dream uh, have you seen andy wood andy wood i'm not quite sure if I he's the touring guitar player for or he was the touring guitar player for uh, uh rascal flats but he started on mandolin and he i mean this guy shreds on both instruments Oh, the Rascal Flatts. The Rascal Flatts, man. He's I met I met him at the Guitar Sanctuary. He's an incredible player. That's cool. Yeah, it was. You know, there's some. Kevin is outstanding. He, Kevin is outstanding. He. It was like I went off to college, you know, and when I got back from college, Kevin shredded mandolin. 
you know, awesome. and it was like this short time, you know, going and doing something else. And, 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 you know, me and Kevin played music. I was, you know, drumming. We were in a band yeah. together. I played I a little bass, you know, and, but uh, coming back and like, Kevin's like, yeah, I've been playing mandolin. And, hmm. you know, first time he plays for me, I'm like, dang, dude, like you've been really playing the mandolin. Wood so, shedding. Yeah. Wood shedding. So Kevin's awesome. the first, Kevin's, Kevin was the first member of the band always besides me, but even if he didn't, know it you know <laughs> <laughs> kevin played in a bluegrass band for a little yeah while, and kevin's played, oh, yeah, played in a, a band, great uh, bluegrass creek a little bit after i started playing mandolin in 2014 um uh, I, I can't necessarily say we we're like completely successful for the most part we're mainly playing it because it well it's kind of a spur of the moment and um and you know i don't know just playing because we felt like playing together it was uh it was a couple guys or a guy and a girl from Collin college who were uh Music majors, somehow, some way, they let me play with them. I don't know why, but, but I got lucky because those guys are just awesome. There's and there was Todd Phillips and uh, Sarah Hunt on on, uh, uh, and they were just amazing, amazing people to play with, and I learned a lot from them. Awesome. Uh, but it definitely helped expand uh, my knowledge of music by playing with uh, with those people. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Play, playing with other people is the way to go. Sure. Yeah. So uh, I uh, I played lead guitar in the Mason Adams Project. My name's Gil Altman, and I uh, I started playing guitar when I was about fifteen. Um, mm -hmm. My dad had played guitar forever, and uh, I was at some school event or something and saw a classmate of mine playing, and I figured, you know, if he if he can do that, I'm sure I can figure it out. And so I started playing <laughs> a lot of a lot of country cowboy chord stuff. Um, I started a band in high school, and we ended up morphing into some kind of three-piece alt-rock, <laughs> alt punk kind of deal. Mm -hmm. uh, so I spent a lot of time, you know, pretending to play lead guitar, you know, throughout that <laughs> and undergrad a little bit. Because, uh, you know, three-piece, you got to fill it up somehow. But I was yeah, by absolutely. no means a lead guitar player. And uh, I pl actually, while I was in undergrad, I played in a band with Peter, uh, the drummer, and his brother. Um, we played a few shows together, and I played bass in a pop punk band. Um, so it's a lot of <laughs> lot of not Mason Adams Project sounding stuff in my past. Uh, right. And then uh, when I finished law school, I uh, or I finished undergrad, I went to law school. I had I didn't play with anybody for a few years, and so I just kind of worked on lead stuff a little bit. And um, you know, Peter uh, knew I was back in the area, and he had come back to the DFW area, and you know, kind of reached out to me and said, hey. You know, I'm starting. To, I'm playing in this band. We need a lead guitar player, and I was like, "I'll come try and play lead guitar." <laughs> you, you may mm. kick me out pretty quick, but um, <laughs> it's worked out really well. I mean, my influences <laughs> just like uh, just like everyone else. You know, 2020. Tom Petty, Leonard Skinner, all that kind of stuff. Uh, Cross Canadian Ragweed was huge, um, and of course, playing pop punk stuff and uh, you know, kind of alt rock stuff. We beat Blink 182 into the ground, Bowling for Soup. Uh, <laughs> I love those guys. That's probably probably my favorite band ever, just because I I don't know something. It's it, their songs just they stick in my head, and I, they put on a great live show. If you've never seen them live, whatever the uh, coronavirus stuff gets <laughs> all, gets over with, they are You're right perfect live. It's bizarre. You'd never expect a bunch <laughs> of fat guys to get up there and just belt everything out. They don't miss a note. It's hilarious. They got great stage banter. Yeah, those are a lot of big influences for me. But yeah, just um. Really, it's just been time is the only thing I've got uh, on my side, just uh, just working at it and everything. But I, I, uh, 
I definitely really enjoy playing with these guys, and it's been it's been a good run. And I think you know uh, this is probably the most most material I've ever had, and probably yeah. the, the, you know at one time in a band, most bands I was in, you know we you know get seven or eight songs, and then you beat those into the ground and fill with covers and everything, and wait for somebody mm-hmm. to write a new one. But that kind of mm-hmm. takes forever, and then by the time you do write a new one. You don't want to play the old songs anymore, so you just stick with the new material, and we never play the old songs again. Um, so it's good that we have you know consistent shows and everything like that. So we're, it's a steady catalog of music, and we got a bunch of guys from a bunch of different backgrounds. Um, really de- adding, you know, getting a unique. I would say it's a pretty unique sound, just because we all come from so much uh, such <laughs> different areas. Right. <laughs> yeah. So what what do you um, okay. oh. what what is your uh, law background? Uh, I do uh, criminal defense and family law mostly. Uh, okay. This is not an ad. I, yeah, and this is not an ad. The state <laughs> no, bar. No, no, I have to say that if the state bar yeah. is con- concerned, uh, this is yeah, an yeah, advertisement. Yeah. It is not. <laughs> I can't Fair enough. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I'll uh, I'll let Jordan go before. Okay. I <laughs> so um, I started playing piano when I was five. And I played that until I was 15. And when I was 10, I started learning how to play the trombone. And so that's where I got my fundamentals for music. Um, I started playing the bass guitar when I was 15. And the idea was that I wanted to learn an instrument without any structure at all. Like, I didn't want to learn the notes. And I already had rhythm and I already had, like, the ear for a bass clef from playing the trombone. And where, like, you know, the the trombone's like the tenor in in the mm-hmm. you know you know you know um, brass section. You know, there's lower and there's higher, and you're just kind of in the middle, and you kind of get to like be this voice that kind of marries everything together. And so, I took those influences and started playing the bass guitar. And about ten years into that, I learned the notes, and because uh, <laughs> because you, you have to just in 10? order to be able to communicate with people, it turns out. So that that was a struggle to to you know get myself to learn that. Um, but you know, I grew up um, listening to the oldies stations and like you know the mamas and the papas and the zombies and the animals and the Beach Boys and then you know you know Jimi Hendrix and Pink Floyd and all of, you know Led Zeppelin and all of those and then. Um, I was in band in middle school, and a friend of mine showed me Blink-182, and it was mm-hmm. uh, Dude Ranch, and it was the first time I'd ever heard anything like that before in my entire life, and it changed my life for sure, without a mm-hmm. doubt. And uh, from then on, I, I all I wanted to listen to was this fast, you know, really catchy, hooky-type music, and I found um, bands like, you know, the Wallflowers and the Pixies and um, and just... I mean, it just kind of sailed from there. Um, And then um, I moved to San Marcos, Texas, and I heard of a guy named Joe Pug and started listening to Joe Pug. And this is like in 2010. And um, just it was a sound that sounded so old with so much relevancy to today. And it was like, you know, the lyrics didn't even make sense to me, but they were so heartfelt that, like, they didn't need to make sense. I just, I was feeling it, you know, mm-hmm. and from there, you know, it was um, just all kinds of other, like, you know, folky type influences. And then, you know, kind of going back to the roots and, um, um, you know, I love playing funk music, but 
this kind of music has heart to it in a way that, you know, funk, funk is fun, but, you know, folk is like heart music, you know, and um, I think the Mason Adams Project, like Gil said, I mean, it's like a marriage of like, you know, so many different flavors that actually do mesh together really, really or we found a way to mesh them together really, really well mm. to where, you know, you know, there's a mandolin playing, you know, I mean, almost punk music in some parts, you know, I mean, it's, we, we play Mary Jane's Last Dance, you know, by uh, Tom Petty. And, mm-hmm. um, I mean, it's, I mean, it's really, really fast and it's a lot of, lot of, lot of fun to play, but I mean, it sounds nothing like the original version, but it's a lot of right. fun. And, cool. um, yeah, um, I, I couldn't be happier playing with these guys. I haven't learned this many songs that are stuck with a band longer than this, um, for sure. Um, and yeah, I couldn't be happier with a better group of guys. Awesome. Are you, are you primarily a pick player or a finger, finger player? Up a finger player. Yeah. And I'm thinking about switching to uh flat strings and flat wound strings instead of uh round wound just because mm-hmm. of the general sound that the way the band is going, I feel like that would have more of a, a pump to it than the, sure. the, the round wound strings. Round, round wound strings. Cool. Thank you. Thank you. My name is Peter Lyman. I'm from Grand Prairie, Texas. I uh, started playing through the public school system, as a, as a lot of kids do. So I came up in grades, you know, five, six through college and did that. And I uh, started playing in rock bands around freshman year. Played with a handful of those until up before college and a bunch afterwards, you know. So that's how I got my thrills when I was a youngin'. Well, that and, you know, mm-hmm. drugs. Okay. <laughs> so, Fair enough. <laughs> right. Yeah. Awesome. Rock and, and, roll. and any particular um you know bands or, or music that um a, a got you into drums specifically or an or B um you know what what influences do you think uh you bring to the to the the uh the band now? Okay. So that's a good uh, that's a good question. It's kind of layered. So a lot of the music I listen to in my free time doesn't necessarily have um you know, advanced percussion techniques. So the listening I do for drums is a little different than just for enjoyment. I liked, uh, as a simple answer, I liked Dave Grohl a lot when I was growing up, and Nirvana was, you know, obviously awesome. And then Dave Grohl did the Queens of the Stone Age album with Josh mm-hmm. Homme's Songs for the Deaf, so I, I got a big kick out of that. Uh, other percussion influences, I liked um, Steve Gadd a lot but he plays in a lot of funk bands and I didn't, you know, I didn't throw funk on the radio a lot. So I would seek out those recordings that my lesson instructors told me about. And that's how I found out that I loved him so much, you know? And, um, I liked, uh, the drummer for Primus, Tim Alexander is really exceptional and Jay Lane. And they're both really good. I like their style a lot. Um, those are the biggest ones that, Oh, tool, Danny Carey. That was one where they meshed, you know, the percussion was so impressive and the music was so impressive. Yeah. yeah, those are those are the big ones, man. You know, I've, I take influences from a lot of places, but those were the John Bonham, Led Zeppelin, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Awesome. So what? So how do you uh, how do you go about um, you know finding your fans? Do you find up until recently has been mostly live shows and getting a live following, or do you uh, do you have more? Uh, do you, do you have any type of social media um, strategies? Um, <laughs> I don't know that we've actually gotten to the point of having a strategy. Um, I think 
being known and and you know, <laughs> trying to get our name out there um, and being seen as much as possible, I think, has kind of been the strategy. Um, mm-hmm. We do have a great social media following. Um, I think we're up to like over 1,700 likes on the That's Facebook, awesome. um, yeah, which is awesome, and we're doing good on the Instagrams, and our Tinder gets a lot of swipe rights, <laughs> um, you know. Um, that's a good one. They made us take that down. They, they, won't they, let us they made us anymore. take our Tinder down. We got farmersonly.com. If anybody's <laughs> on that one, Zanga. Zanga. the funny part is you say that, but my the band I was in with my friend before, uh, Creatures and Chemicals, we actually put it on the website. You know, um, how did you hear us in the in the comment section? It's like you know, Facebook, Instagram, farmersonly.com. That's great. That's great. <laughs> Yeah, no, um, and then, yeah, you know, we're playing uh, two to three live shows a month, uh, which we felt like was good for us, um, being mm-hmm. able to maintain, full t- maintain full-time schedules and still kind of chase the dream. Um, for sure. And, um, yeah, I'd say we're pretty active on social media. We just got a super cool new website completed. Everybody go check that out, www.masonadamsproject.com. Um, and um, our good friend Crystal Kirkendall at Sparkle and Sing uh, did our website. We couldn't be Sweet. happier with how that came out. So everybody go check out the website. So how have you found the uh, the COVID situation? Have you... Uh... Man, super, super bummer for us. I right. think for everybody, COVID situation. Absolutely. Yeah. But I mean, have you have you found new, you know, other ways of getting the word out? And well, like, what have so, you what have you done to kind of like pivot? I think our main word to get out during this was just trying to be positivity. Mm-hmm. Um that's our main word that we've tried to get out. Um we haven't we haven't played any shows, we haven't played any live streams. Um we haven't done any of that. We um, only just started practicing together again about yeah, a month ago. Yeah, we took mm. we took eleven weeks off from rehearsal, and that was tough. That was tough, you know. Mm. And uh, but if we are gonna do it, we wanted to make sure that we were doing it right and that we were being safe and that sure. you know everybody felt comfortable. And we rent our own space here, you know. Mm. So um, we you know had it shut down. You know, so we're paying rent on a room now that we're not using for multiple right. months, you know, and then it was, you know, kind of to the point, you know, it's like, I don't, you know, to what, you know, what do we do? So it's been tough, you know, I'm sure it has been for all the banks, you know, Absolutely. so we've just been trying to remain positive on Facebook. You know, all of our gigs got canceled too. We were on pace to have our busiest spring so far and mm-hmm. uh, we had some big gigs um, that we had to cancel, you know, like playing on the rooftop of the Fairmont Hotel for 500 people. You know, that was going to be one of our big ones this spring, you know, and we missed out on that one. Um, But so then, you know, we did have one show that remained on the schedule, and um, ultimately, collectively, everybody decided, the other bands as well, that we needed to not play that one and and try to remain safe, you know. Absolutely. So, um with all, with all that being said right now and the way it is in Dallas with the bars being closed um, again for the second mm-hmm. time now, you know, it, it's tough. It's tough. And, you know, who, who knows? You know, where is the end in sight on the COVID game? So 
our 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 message that we're trying to get out is be positive you know wear the mask in here we're trying to stay apart you know even for practice for for the podcast you know um and absolutely you know stay safe for everybody and that's that's been our whole our whole message because the faster we get through this the faster we get to go play shows somewhere you know absolutely so have you have you managed to uh write you use the time to write that is one thing that i have been able to do and i've written about an album worth of songs that i'm proud about that are um mostly done all of them except some of them we're going to play them you know Mm. we've been working on them in here you know and then um but others you know that i've written you know i feel like they're going to be map tunes um yeah i've written about an album during quarantine and it was kind of something that i kind of said would be cool to do maybe like it'd be cool if we came out of quarantine and we had like a whole bunch of songs you know i kind of thought about that and i didn't really i you can't i didn't force it you know you don't mm. push i didn't i didn't have pressure on myself to do it you know just had time you know just had a bunch of time mm. and so um we've got some new songs i think are going to blow people's minds excellent yeah so how do you go about writing uh songs as a as a band do you do you jam it out in the room i mean obviously for for quarantine you probably sat home and you know, wrote them, but is that the normal way you write or do you, do you do stuff uh, yeah. in the, in the yeah, band room? Well, yeah. Yeah. Most of the time, most, most of our material has been written by me on the couch. Most of okay. the songs that we're playing have been written by me on the couch. Um, and then, you know, we got together, you know, maybe, you know, even before we started recording stuff and whatever, you know, it'd be like, okay, Mason, play the song. And I'd get into the room and play the song and everybody would just listen. And then after that, we'd be like, okay, let's play it again. And then, you know, everybody play Mm -hmm. with the song, you know. But now we've kind of gotten to the point where, you know, now if I write a song, now I can record it, um, send it to the guys, and everybody kind of gets familiar with it. And so you come to practice, you're not just completely blinded. You you know, I mean, it's not super fresh you've heard the song now um, right, so, right yeah so that's kind of where we're at on the process um really cool um we got a really cool new song called outlaw um that i wrote the lyrics for and then gail our lead guitar player um wrote the chord progression for it. um cool. so that was kind of the first time that he and i had really collaborated on tune so that happened mm. at a at a quarantine or right before nice. quarantine you know um and then you know we're playing a Jordan Raymer tune now, so our bass player. Um, we're playing a Gil Altum tune now. Um, so it's not just songs that I've written now, and I think that's kind of cool because I think even naming you know Mason Adams' project, I think that's kind of what I thought it would be in a sense. You know, it's just uh, guys coming together, guys that I've met, found, played with, however, you know what I mean? putting together this project thing and trying to work. And um, it just happened. I mean, I just started coming up with a bunch of material. And I think the songs that I write, um, ultimately, I think they need to be heard. Um, and that's why, sure. that's, why <laughs> I, that's my motivation is um, I, I, I think they're fun songs. I, I think they have a good air to them. Um, lots of them have a good message. You know, I write a lot of songs about life and about, 
my life and um, just kind of real life experiences, you know, that I feel like uh, make our music very relatable. Um, awesome. And, uh, you know, we hit on a bunch of different genres, you know, rock and roll and bluegrass and country and, and Texas country and Southern rock and um, reggae and um, funk. Yeah. You know, so we did a show, uh, uh, an internet show. Before COVID and all this, and they called us hillbilly hippie funk. Okay. And so we we like that. Those are good adjectives to describe us. We felt <laughs> like, yeah, that's great. Um. All right. So cool. Um. I go into um a little section I call the uh, non quick fire round. Okay. Um, non non <laughs> non quick fire round. So, okay. Th- this can be as uh, you know, you, you can you can take this question a- as you want to, um, and as many people can answer if they want to as well. Uh, but what negative experience or what what significant negative experience have you overcome, and what did it teach you? Jordan, go. Wow, you're gonna get me dark all of a sudden, aren't you? Um, I got divorced, divorced. and um, moved to Dallas and found the Mason Adams Project. Um, so it it really was kind of like my whole life got turned to fire, and like I rose out of it like a phoenix. It was awesome. I'm the happiest I've ever been. I have the best job I've ever had. I make more money than I've ever made. I have a kid now. I have everything I ever wanted three years after I got divorced. That, yeah. That's that's what happened. And you just got married. Too. And he just got and I got married amazing. again too. So it's amazing. Yeah, can't can't keep a good going down. Hey, speaking of the drummer that's hey, late, this, this is our drummer hey. Peter. This is Peter, everybody. Hey. We're not married. I'm still speaking not married. Of the late drummer. And and his brother John making a cameo. All right. So we're going to have to start the podcast over again? <laughs> yeah, we have to start the whole thing over again. <laughs> Simon says. Does anyone else want to tackle that question? Sure, what's it? That wasn't the hard question? No, that was the hard question. Oh, no. The one of three. Jordan got it. I'm not going to top Jordan. Yeah, I mean, nobody can no, top Jordan's top <laughs> epic answer right awesome. there, right? That's I mean, the most negative experience that you can have. Found himself in the lowest but of the, the low, and three years later is in the, the highest of the high. Video. A video. Right. Yeah. Fantastic. What's the next not fire? Uh, so question? the next one is flipping it around. What major positive experience has given you the encouragement to follow this as a journey? That could be music or it could be teaching. It could be anything you want. I like that. That's a good question. Um. I've said this before. I don't mean to keep answering all the questions. Y'all, y'all chime in any this old is, second. Go ahead. This is um, That's me in a nutshell. Um, but uh, you know, I've said it before. Like, will we? Will when we, since we started the band, you'll like, you know, man, we're in a band, awesome. And you'll have this like, you know, high, and you'll kind of plateau out, and then you you find something else, and you just you know take off again. You get that high, and you just kind of keep, you know, then you'll plateau out again. But we're the game changed is when we started the recording process. And that focused everybody in a way that we weren't focused, and it put everybody to a cohesive level to where, you know, it's not just us having fun anymore. We're, like, really working on something now, and we're really, like, mm-hmm. investing ourselves into something now. And that was, I think, the moment that, like, we really started 
you know, it, it stopped just being something that we were doing just for fun and shits and giggles and stuff and really started being something that we wanted to, like, see how far we could take it. That's a good positive moment, Jason. Well, and I, I awesome. absolutely agree with you. Yeah. Uh, I think, this is Gil. Yeah, and I think the biggest the biggest positive really has just been, you know, this is this has become easier and easier with the quarantine, you know, after taking all that time off because it's really is essentially an escape, you know, that having to, you know, sit at the house all day, you can't go do anything. Um, but then we get to come here and play music and yeah. get and especially with the new songs, you've got enough uh uh you've got something to work toward and it's really good to get this new material worked out and we've done a lot more just sit down, like Mason was saying, sit down, Art Mason, play the song, uh, and we'll just play along with you. And we've done more arranging of the songs. We're like, hey, maybe the bridge should go here, or uh, how about we uh, take this line out, put it in this verse, mm -hmm. or add a stop here where you hadn't put one. Um, we're doing that a lot more than we used to, and I think this having this time and not having to have a show kind of breathing down our neck or anything, or you know, recording time or anything like that, because you can't, um, has let us get a little bit more creative with everything and kind of uh, not some I streamlined isn't the right word because it definitely makes it way more complicated and <laughs> take a little bit longer but right. I think uh, right. I think it adds to the music but yeah I mean this is uh, it's a good escape and so it makes it it makes it something you want to you want to go do because well, it was already fun, but now it's like it's the only it's fun. It's the thing. only fun we have. They <laughs> took fun. They the took like, fun. That was rough. That yeah. Was rough. So yeah. that was yeah. Good All job. you have good is to be creative, good. and it's fun whenever you have a good group of guys, you know, coming yeah. together, bashing their brains right together, and then all of a sudden we come up with something that's you mm. know pretty damn awesome in our own perspective, at least, mm -hmm. and we thoroughly enjoy it. You know, it's awesome. fantastic to have that. Yeah. yeah. All right, so the last question is, what does music mean to you? Music is my life. <laughs> um, music has, like I said, been in the forefront of my life for pretty much all of my 33 years. Um, from being small and my parents always jamming music, um, being in a family that's full of super talented musicians, um, you know, Amateur, um, semi-professional, professional, um, you know, playing everything all the time. Um, being in band as a kid and playing the drums, you know, and, um, you know, then, you know, spending, you know, the last, you know, decade or so of my life traveling all over the country to go see one band, you know, mm -hmm. like a hundred times. You know, um, so. Mason is by far and away the most dedicated like <laughs> festival goer I've ever met, and, and, he, and while keeping a full time job, hands awesome, down. it's hands absurd. Down. Yeah. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen. It, it's called it's called a wook life balance, and you've got to you got yeah yeah. So you can be a little wook, but you got to have a little life too. So you, it's you just even about get a term for just it. About so five, is, just about five. Just about I didn't coin that. What is wook? <laughs> yeah, Skeptics, nobody knows what wook no, is. Everybody no. knows what wook is. I don't. Wook is like have to see all the music. Don't have to job. Don't have a job. Need to borrow everything to get to go see them. Okay, but you have a job. You know. Well, that's yeah. what he's saying. Yeah, so it's, it's work life, life balance, right? I still okay. have to go see the music, but I have to pay for my yeah. own tickets. All right. yeah, mm. You know, yeah, you know, but has been staying at your house. Yeah, he's still there. <laughs> he's still there. Yeah, he's still there. So, um, no, and then, um, man, 
learning how to play guitar, what I feel is like, you know, not that late in life, right? But at 28, you know, like a lot of people don't find themselves having the time and everything else to be able to play an instrument at 28 and then take being able to play an instrument and write original material and then take that and put together a band. And, you know, I mean, I mean, to me, music is life. And, you know, my fiance can tell, I mean, music is life for her too, you know, and that's why we're together. I mean, and we met at a live show, you know, and and, yeah, you know, and so, um, um, I think that's, you know, been my number one driver, you know, during all this too, is, you know, being able to play the guitar much later in life and being able to have a band and now being able to do and play on stages and stuff after being a spectator for so long and like just being in love with everything about live music, you know, like being able to deliver that experience is like top notch. Awesome. So, I mean, what, just jumping off that, what advice would you give for someone that, you know, may, may want to do something, but doesn't have the, you know, maybe doesn't have the, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? They, they either don't have the confidence to do it or they're not sure how to go about it. I mean, I think your story is, is excellent point that, you know, it's never too late, and you know, you look what you've accomplished in such a short time. But do you have any other advice of how to get going, how to get yourself motivated? Well, I would say, like you said, it's never too late. <laughs> like, if you think you want to do something, you have to make that time for yourself, right? You have to carve out that time and actually decide to do something with that time. And all of these guys working full time jobs. And all of them carving out that time to come to to practice every week, you know, Mm -hmm. like that's huge, you know. And so to me, that just lets me know that, you know, they want to do it, you know. So just having, you know, the motivation, you know, the internal thing that ticks and says, you know, go do this. You know, Um, I, I coached high school football for a little bit. And so I feel like. I've always been a pretty good motivator of people, you know, um, and I'm really good at the guilt trip thing too. So <laughs> using those two things together has kind of kind of helped me will people one way or the or the other. I think, you know, um, but uh, yeah, don't ever give up on something that you think you might want to do. It's never too late, um, and you're always gonna have a hater. <laughs> oh yeah. You know, yeah. once you have that song recorded, you have it recorded forever. Like when I'm 80 years old, I'm going to be able to listen to the Mason Adams project. That's pretty cool. And I'm, I mean, I'll always have that. I mean, I, I might not always have these guys around me, but I'll always have that music. Yeah. But also <laughs> meet as many people as you can, shake as many people's hands as you can. Or fist bump, fist bump, yeah. You know, um, listen to <laughs> all the people that have done it before you, and just try to study them and how did they do it and what did they do, and you know, um, you know smile and a handshake goes a long way in yeah. anything you're trying to do. True. In yeah. anything you're trying to do, Positive a smile goes a long and a way. handshake, I mean, and the whole day. being kind. 
you know, will get you a long, long way in life. And, you know, just those internal motivators that let you, you know, tell you that, you know, I do want to do this. I want to learn this instrument. I want to water ski. I want to kill my first deer. And I it doesn't want happen overnight. To catch it's a not huge always easy. Bass. You know, you mean you, you know? have your hard parts. Anything but. like that, you know? And these, uh, you know, setting goals and having short-term goals, intermediate goals, long-term goals, you know, to try to get you to the next level, I think is, is important. And having fun, doing whatever you're doing, and laughing about it along the way, um, you know, makes the tough times a lot easier, a lot easier. Um, right. Gil, do you have any advice for anybody who would be just wanting to start out to do something? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I've, I've, Mason, we very, said it all. Yeah, yeah, Mason, Mason said just about everything. I, I mean, and he's a very goal-oriented guy. I've never been the sit down and do and you know make a goal and accomplishment kind of thing. I'm more of a drift along kind of guy, <laughs> um, which. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why, but I've ne- I've never I've never been the the you know get a goal intermediate goal kind of deal, but it, it's worked out so far. Uh, I think it, whatever you're doing, if you're not if you don't enjoy it, you should not do it. Yep. And if it's something that you have to do, then you need to find a way to enjoy, to enjoy it. it. That makes um, real good sense. That's uh that's that's been the biggest key for me in accomplishing anything. Like if I didn't like it, I didn't I didn't do it. I'd say okay, well I'm done with that. I'll move on to something else. Um, you know, obviously there are some things where you have to set set that aside and say, okay, I will enjoy it once I'm done with this kind of growing phase in it, um, whether it be school, work, or anything like that. Um, but you, there needs to be some sort of light. If you have something that you need to accomplish that you don't love, um, you need to recognize there's light at the end of the tunnel. Once you do accomplish that goal, um, whatever that is, you know, it's going to be great. And, you know, you can use that to push you forward. But really... Um, Having a good time is one of the most key things I can think of in, in accomplishing anything. Awesome. Well, thank you very much. Um, where uh, where can people find out about the band, get in touch, all that good stuff? Absolutely. Make sure you check out the Facebook page and check out our events on there. Whenever we have them, we will post them. It's uh, facebook.com slash Mason Adams Project uh, slash again. Um, and then www.masonadamsproject.com. That's the website. We've got a calendar on there that you can go subscribe to. Um, there's new music. There's videos on there. Um, we released our first um, EP almost a year ago. We did five songs. It's called Lessons. Go give it a listen. It's on Spotify, iTunes, Google Music, Amazon, YouTube, Everywhere you go listen to music, Mason Adams Project Lessons. That's our first five songs. We released those uh, about a year ago um, in uh, uh, July of 2019. Um, so cool. that's where you can find us. Um, thank you guys so much for tuning in. We really appreciate you. Make sure that you're staying home. You're staying positive. You're wearing the mask. Once we can get out and do this again, we cannot wait to see you guys at a show. We love you so much. Mason Adams Project misses you so much. And thank you, Simon, so much for having us on today. We really appreciate it. Thank you for taking the time. Um, and then just finally, at the end, I'd like to play a song 
to play us out, which song would you like to play? Let's do Off the Floor, Simon. Yeah, it's the okay. first one on the EP, too. Oh, dude, I need to have my show. Cool. Thank you very much, Simon. We appreciate it, man. No, thank you for reaching out. It's, it's good to meet you and, uh, you know, continued success. And uh, we'll, Thank you so much. Hopefully we get to meet you in the real world one day. Cool, man. Take care. Best of luck to you, Simon. Thanks for having us, man. We appreciate you. Thank, Thank you. you Simon. Have a good one. Thanks, Thanks Simon. Bye, Simon. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. Make sure you check out my new social media pages because I've set up a dedicated Music on Your Own Terms podcast Facebook page and Instagram page. The Facebook page link is still facebook.com forward slash music on your own terms. And going forward, Instagram will be posted on at music on your own terms. Make sure you stay up to date with the podcast, including finding out who I'll be interviewing next by signing up for the mailing list at musiconyourownterms.com. There, you'll also find show notes for every episode, some pretty cool videos to check out from various guests, and also links to their music and social media if you want to find out more. While you're there, don't forget to take a peek at the store and pick up something for your grandma. And finally, I'd really appreciate it if you leave a review on iTunes because that really helps the podcast get in front of more people just like you who want to learn from the successes, strategies, and failures of artists and entrepreneurs that I talk to. I really feel that the information coming from those guests is exceedingly valuable for the musicians community and anyone wanting to pick up tips from other people's experiences. And finally, if you're on LinkedIn, check out my LinkedIn page, which you can find at linkedin.com forward slash company forward slash music on your own terms. Keep pushing that needle and please be excellent to each other. This is the Mason Adams Project with Off the Floor. Let's go. Told you get out of my way, and I don't know you anymore. I'm traveling on along a different highway, and I just can't wait to be alone. Cause you made your bed, now it's time you lie there, and I don't love you anymore. Sick of being alone Brand new 
to pick myself up off the floor Maybe it's all part of the plan To make me an unbreakable man